Welcome to the infected. There's a hundred thousand streets in the city. You don't need to know the route. You give me a time and a place. I give you a five minute window. Anything happens in that five minutes and I'm yours. No matter what. Anything happens a minute either side of that and you're on your own. Hello, dear friends, and thanks for tuning in to The Infected again, your podcast from the heart of darkness. Jeroen and I started this series at the end of March when the COVID-19 pandemic reached us, and by the looks of it, the virus is not done with us yet. So we will continue to broadcast to you from the safety of our crypt for months to come. Right now, let's start with Quicksand Minds from the wonderful band Strange Boutique.
So that was Strange Boutique. And I've never heard of these guys before last week. Uh, did you? No, you managed to uh, yet again come up with something I had never heard of. So uh, <laughs> thanks for introducing me to this band. Very welcome. And I'm sure you have something coming up that I'm uh, not aware of yet. Uh, so Strange Boutique is a band that rose out of the ashes of the Washington hardcore scene. I didn't even know there was a punk scene in Washington. Wow. That doesn't <laughs> doesn't mean anything, but I just never thought of it. Doesn't seem like the first place would have a punk scene. Anyway, before Strange Boutique, there was Madhouse. And Madhouse was playing punk and death rock. And they later transformed into a much more melodic and atmospheric type of music. Also, due to the talent of their bassist, that sounded very much like Mick Karn from Japan. They left their punk years behind them. And in 1987, Madhouse sold their name to a jazz ensemble. And with the addition of a new bassist, they founded Strange Boutique. What I mean with that bass player, like that Mick Karn sound, it's like a fretless, funky sounding bass that's basically transformed punk into a more listenable and enjoyable experience. Uh, I can listen to punk, but not for a very long time. At least mm. not while sitting still. But uh, Strange Boutique was then uh, founded off the ashes of Madhouse. And they were performing a lot and they sounded great live. And the singer of Strange Boutique, that's Monica Richards. She sounded like a tough Kate Bush. Also a little bit like Susie from Susie and the Banshees. Kind of a little bit... Uh, did you get that? Or Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can understand where you're coming yeah. from, yeah. And then you have that band that played big, massive melodies behind her. And um, that's the sound that uh, yeah, I, I really liked. And they did so well that they became a supporting act for Killing Joke in Washington. Wow. Yeah, there's one show in Washington and um, the two bands struck an immediate friendship. Killing Joke also gave Strange Boutique the support slot for their next shows in the UK. That was a big breakthrough for Strange Boutique. And cool to be traveling uh, internationally for them. Yes, yes, I can imagine so. Having never performed outside of the US, uh, let alone the east coast of the US, the band took the chance and flew to London and Customs took hold of their equipment and all their EPs. So the band was forced to rent and borrow instruments. Yeah, that sucks. If you just started touring outside of the US. Oh man. Yeah, so Killing Joke was amazed to see Strange Boutique even show up at the first show in Manchester. And they also warned the guys from the US that they shouldn't let the public know that they were Americans because the aggressiveness <laughs> of the Killing Joke audience. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> so welcome to the UK. <laughs> And anyway, so Strange Boutique did build a sizable audience during this time. Um, and they entered the studio in 1991 to record their long-awaited debut album. It's called The Loved One, a true goth masterpiece if you ask me. And that's also where Quicksand Minds is on. Anyway, after only a few years, in 1993 the band had a difficult year and started to fall apart. All band members experienced personal hardships and the strain of performing and recording became apparent. So, after having shared the stage with Zymox, Killing Joke, Public Image Limited, Lush, and uh, many more acts, they had uh, their farewell performance in 1993. That's Strange Boutique. And I was thinking, I know this lady, the singing lady from somewhere, and I figured it out. She was the muse of uh, Mr. Faith, William Faith, in Faith and the Muse. I don't know if you know that act. No, I don't, actually. Faith in the Muse is definitely very worthwhile. They are a bit in the same vein, but they okay. uh, also combine Celtic and Welsh influences uh, in their music. Cool. And Monica Richards, after quitting Strange Boutique, started uh, touring with Faith in the Muse. 
She's been in that band for uh, for a couple of years. They have left uh, an interesting body of work as well. So if you like her voice, go check that out as well. I'm going to check it out right now. There's a guy called William Faith. So he was Faith. Yeah. <laughs> and then she was there as well. So I guess she was the muse of William Faith, which is how they came up with the name. Oh, yeah, they're on Spotify as well, luckily. Yeah, so they made okay. uh, like three albums, I think. Interesting. I'm going to uh, store this into my uh, upcoming listening list. Yep. <laughs> I see things being dropped into a playlist uh, right now. The thing is that the first track that comes up is Running Up That yep. Hill. And yep. I just mentioned that Kate Bush kind of sound. I wasn't joking. <laughs> no, you definitely weren't joking, okay. my friend. That was a, a very good observation. Just listening to this song, I was surprised by the amount of times that they break down almost all of the song and just fall back to only the guitar riff. Mm -hmm. It's like three times in in the song in three separate places and it's quite an interesting composition. I like it, it's adventurous. Well summarized, my friend, and I'm glad you liked it. I'm going to be adding this band to a couple of my playlists as well. Good find, man. Cool, cheers. What else do we have in store this week? I have Crocodiles for you from California. This is in the section Cover Me. Cover Me! So they're doing a cover and actually they're doing a medley where they're covering two separate songs. And this is a band, Crocodiles, which was uh, started by San Diego high school friends Brandon Welches and Charles Rowell. After various adolescent-fueled projects together, they finally formed Crocodiles in April 2008. And they're still alive and kicking as a band. This San Diego shoegaze and fuzz rock band made sun-kissed noise pop with the classic sound of guitars drenched in echo that you so like. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> so what I love about this two-song cover is that they managed to fit two songs together that I would never have associated with each other. Also, I actually love both original songs and I like what they've done with them as well. So it gives you a new chance to listen to a couple of favorites done in an entirely and refreshingly different way. So let's dive right into it. Here's Crocodiles. Thank you. 
This one makes me want to grab my surfboard and go to the sea and catch some waves, bro. Especially the second half. I really like it. And um, the singing as well. It's like long holes, perfect mood, a lot of guitars, a lot of atmosphere, a lot of effects. It's a fun combination. But tell me more. How the hell did you come up with this? <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that. Uh, and, and crocodiles actually come from Southern California and even tip their hat to the Beach Boys in this song. But don't mistake them for swimwear wearing surfer boys. As they made clear in an interview with ex-Berliner, Charles says, We were rebelling against anything that was surf or Southern California or trendy. We wanted to be in a city surrounded by buildings wearing dark colors and having gray days, rather than wearing flip-flops and sitting at the beach with your shirt off. And Brandon adds, San Diego is really mellow and conservative. So you find the one transvestite bar in San Diego, and that's where you hang out. Because it's much more interesting than surfers. I would take transvestites over surfers any day. <laughs> San Diego, at the same time, is one of the biggest naval marine bases of the of the U.S. Yeah. Transvestite bars should be very scarce, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, I'm, I'm not sure about Navy and transvestites. You know, you, uh, you never know. Maybe that's a wrong assumption of mine. You're probably right. <laughs> and they like to dress up anyway, uh, even those uniforms. Yeah. Um, but what did you think? There's definitely a hint of Jesus and Mary Chain in here, don't you think? Yes, uh, I do, because of the vacuum sound. Because the, what I mean with that is the guitars and the singing and the organs all seem to be sucked into like one sound. That's obviously not the case if you're wearing headphones, but yeah. Yeah. I think that's what you refer to. Guitar is uh, trying to sneak in uh, extra wahs and, and, and weird sounds uh, every chance it gets. Yeah. So that's cool. I love the sort of swampy organ that really pushes the rhythm forward. And then you've got these long laid back voice lines yeah. and eventually the sort of Beach Boy background vocals, which just makes for a fun track uh, as far as I'm concerned. Definitely. It's got that whole 60s surf vibe to it. Yeah. They did it very well. It's, it's like a 90s track. Of course, groove is in the heart. But the other one, I'm, uh, I'm, I must be honest, and I'm putting myself out here. But California Girls from who's the original performer then? Uh, you probably thought it was David Lee Roth, right? I thought it was the Beach Boys or something. Yeah, it's the Beach Boys. Yeah, oh, David Lee Roth did Just cover, cover okay. it uh, in uh, the MTV age. He had a huge hit with it where uh, David Lee Roth was dressed up as a tour guide and he was driving uh, around uh, California in this uh, <laughs> cart and it was full of uh, very beautiful girls in bikinis and he was doing his uh, macho act uh, yeah. when he still had his hair. It's uh, been a hit a couple of times in America. But they do have their own take on the Beach Boys California Jesus Mary Chain sound. Mm -hmm. I like it. They recorded in a studio in the Mojave Desert with British producer James Ford, who interestingly enough is also a founding member of Simeon and Simeon Mobile Disco, yes, as well as a regular producer for the Arctic Monkeys. And also, mm -hmm. together with Alex Turner, he is one of the last shadow puppets, which is uh, a very interesting act to check out. If you like the Arctic Monkeys, definitely also check out the last shadow puppets. Another song on the same album, which I liked a little less, they recorded an instrumental song, which is called Kill Joe Arpaio. Who's Joe Arpaio? <laughs> Arpaio, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Arpaio is a controversial anti-immigrant sheriff from Arizona okay. who called himself America's toughest sheriff. And he used to lead immigrant roundups near the southern border of Arizona. So Arpaio heard the song and responded using Twitter saying, message for the San Diego band Alligators, who wrote the new song called Kill Joe Arpaio, Bite Me. 
<laughs> Sounds like an invitation. <laughs> uh, Crocodiles responded via Spin magazine saying, what we are attacking is the attitudes and policies he represents. In reality, we're keeping our fingers crossed that his much-deserved heart attack comes soon. The world can always use one less racist. Yeah, of course. And actually, Arpaio was defendant in a decade-long lawsuit in which a federal court finally barred him from conducting further immigration roundups. Only, that didn't stop him. So, subsequently, a federal court found that after the order was issued, Arpaio continued to use racial profiling, unfairly targeting Hispanics and detaining them for further investigation without any reasonable suspicion. And in the end, he lost his office to a Democrat in 2016 and finally, in July 2017, was convicted again. But then, afterwards, he was pardoned by President Donald Trump. Donald J. Trump. We're approaching the elections. Is that midway November, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. Isn't it great that if you're a racist sheriff that likes to round up anybody that looks slightly Hispanic without any reason and lock them up, and that if you get convicted for doing that, that you have a president that tells you, you know, you're great, you're doing fine, uh, I'll pardon you and just uh, be on your way. Yeah, that's... Uh, talking about crossing borders. Yeah. That's crossing a line, at least. At the same time, entering a country illegally is still illegal, but there are many ways to approach that, and this may not be the best one, but that's just uh, my opinion. Yeah. So let's see, because every country deserves the president that they elect and get. We'll see what happens. Interesting. After this great story that I'm still enjoying and thinking of, uh, let us enjoy another track, which we can discuss afterwards, Jeroen, if that's okay with you. Sure, yeah. The band is Play Dead. What an awesome band name. <laughs> and the song is called This Side of Heaven. Infect me.
Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> and what I mean is it's disappointing that it's finished. Three minutes, 19 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the only thing that's wrong with this song is that it's too short as far as I'm concerned. I did find out that Björk, our singer from Iceland, also had a song that's called Play yeah. Dead. This band, they were a UK band that were active from 1980 till 85. And uh, we just played, you mentioned it while we were talking over this song in the background. It sounded like it was from 85 with that sequence sound you heard. Yeah, the sequencer. Yeah, yeah. It's And this one was from yeah. 85. Yeah. Quite... Uh ahead of their time it's really cool i uh, absolutely have to agree and you picked up on it i didn't hear but you again pointed me into something new they played rock music they combined it with post-punk influences another underrated band from my favorite musical decade the 80s <laughs> such a hidden gem yeah uh, these guys didn't waste any time they were very productive in the studio even though they were only uh, active for five years their first two releases got attention from the legendary uk disc jockey john peel ah. we've mentioned john peel frequently yeah. yeah yeah for whom they recorded their first national radio session in 1982 in january and they broke into the top 20 of the indie chart that is with their song shine i also had shine on vinyl that was one of the later records i bought until i sold it all it was another gamble. I didn't buy that specific record because of an intriguing album cover this time. No, it was because of the ominous sounding band name. <laughs> Play Dead. <laughs> and again, I got rewarded because also Shine, check it out. I believe it's on Spotify as well. It's pure goth rock heaven. Anyway, also because of the success that they had with Shine, they could now do some extensive UK touring. They used a lot of smoke on the stage singer wore sunglasses and their guitars were also drenched in plenty of effects just the way we like it Jehun. but let me ask you one question who did they tour with hmm. it was killing joke again again just like strange boutique so wow. killing joke turned um. out to be a big band that actually really made it into the popular charts and had really great supporting acts if you ask me certainly solidified their reputation of Play Dead, I think. Anyway, during the only five years that they existed, they made some remarkable music. While the passage of time has not been kind to much music of this era... I didn't think it sounded dated at all. No, I thought it was just a classical example of some great goth rock, but nothing more than that. But a lot of other bands, like the post-punk bands, if you listen to them now... Ah, well, at least let's say that the other bands of this time didn't age that well or sound repetitive. You can hear hints of funk and electronica years before those genres came, became popular. And even in their retro conscious 21st century, um, I think Play Dead has never been popularly rewarded or valued for their achievements. Anyway, I don't know. It's just a little hidden gem I wanted to uh, unearth and share with you guys. Yeah, man, you're the grave digger. No, wait, you're the crate digger. <laughs> you're the guy that <laughs> manages to pick out these things out of crates full of albums. And then, you know, you it's go gambling. by a gut feel and, and you look at a, the name of an act and then you think, okay, this must be interesting. And you just pull it out and you come up with these gems. It's, it's a gift, yeah, man. You can take a gamble for one euro or one dollar. You can take a gamble. Well, that's true. And sometimes you get rewarded. And it's funny how um, I, I totally agree with you, what you're saying some music ages are much better than others. If you look at different acts that you all liked at the same time from a certain genre, often you will find that you had like three, four or five favorite bands in a certain type of music. 
And if you listen to them 10 or 20 years later, it turns out that one of them you can't stand anymore mm-hmm. to sort of leave you cold, but you have some nice memories. And then the other two, they really stand out as being great. And it, it's kind of hard to tell at the, at the time when you're in the moment and only time eventually yeah. makes this separation between the good and the okay and, and the really great. Yeah. I think you're right, Jeroen. I guess. Good addition. <laughs> also, I'm really impressed with uh, our friends of Killing Joke. Yeah. They could also have become A&R managers for a label as far as I'm concerned, because they have a real talent for picking out these bands. Damn, right? Yeah. Also, you can check out Play Dead on Spotify or YouTube, because they uh, they still pull around 6,000 monthly listeners, by the way. Okay. They also have some kick-ass live footage on YouTube. A lot of energy. Cool. It's funny that sometimes this happens, right, with bands. Sometimes bands that have published music decades ago can remain relevant just by the number of people playing their songs on YouTube and on Spotify. You see that they're not forgotten, while others yeah. come up like a flash in the pan. Almost as quickly they're forgotten again. This is also a nice uh, segue into uh, the next act that uh, we're going to be playing for you tonight. If that's all right with you, Gov. Let's continue. Because we're going to be talking about Corpus Delicti, or Corpus Delicti. (laughs) Also a very ominous sounding band name. I like it. What does it mean? People who have studied law will will recognize it. And the Corpus Delicti is um, something that is necessary to produce a case. If you want to have a murder case, there needs to be proof that a murder has occurred before you can accuse anybody. The corpus delicti in this case is the murdered body, but the corpus delicti can also be uh, an embezzlement. Uh, it doesn't have to be a dead person or anything. Mm-hmm. It's a creepy sounding name. Interesting. Also, this was a name that was picked way before the internet age. Okay. These days, if you go to Google and uh, type in corpus delicti, you'll be hard pressed to find anything about the band because since it is uh, a term that is so widely used... <laughs> <laughs> you get lost in all legal... Uh... <laughs> it completely swamps out uh, the yeah. results for this band. But just like you were saying a minute ago, this is a band that was great in the 90s and retained their following and uh, retained the interest. And uh, this is why it's also our Insta Outcast, even though this song is from a 1994 album. Insta Outcast. Furthermore, this is also the start of a new trifecta. So, listeners, pay close attention. We're going to be playing three songs shortly after this in sequence, before the third song ends. You should try and figure out if you can see what the connecting theme is or what the connection is between these three songs. Uh, So, Corpus Delicti came to life in uh, Nice, France, a city better known for its beaches than for its uh, enormous music scene, but Corpus Delicti is a definite exception. The quartet made a strong impression with their first album, Twilight, in 1993. Carried by its distinctive voice, in which you can definitely hear Bowie's influence. Cool. But you can also hear echoes of Bauhaus, Susie and the Banshees, Christian Death and The Cure. Corpus Delicti did not only have a great sound and excellent songs, but they also had a lot of style and personality. The visuals and their look definitely worked out, with the iconic lady Roma on drums, and the charisma of lead singer Sebastien making them stand out. They made three remarkable albums, Twilight, then Sylphs, in 1994 and Obsessions in 1995 Hmm. and toured Europe and the United States together with another favorite from uh, your show host Rosetta Stone Ah, and a couple of other bands yeah Yeah. so Corpus Delicti broke up in 1997 due to conflicts between the members and then of course you ask but how can this be our Insta Outcast well turns out that the band's music never was forgotten. In 2020, Corpus Delicti has more than a million views on YouTube and they average about 20,000 plays per month on Spotify. 
Sizable, man. Sizable. That's a lot, yeah, right? 20,000. So strengthened by this evidence that the music of Corpus Delicti has never ceased to fascinate and the world is still interested, the original members of Corpus Delicti, Sebastian on vocals, Frank on guitar, Christophe on bass and Roma on drums, have returned to the rehearsal room. They're quite active on Instagram as well. You can follow them there to see many excellent pics of their glory days and hear more news of their reunion. This is Corpus Delicti with the track Sarah Band. The Infected Dry Factor.
The Infected.
So, dear listeners, we're very curious to find out if you picked up on the theme of these last three tracks we played. What do you think? Could it have been a French connection? The French connection, yeah. Yeah. Spot on. What a surprise. Now, all kidding aside. Not entirely French, though, right? Not entirely French. Not entirely. Canadian twist in there somewhere. Yes, that's right. And we had a French singing band that was Auto Melody. We had two bands that were based in France or were from France. But no, that's right. So we talked about Corpus Delicti before we started this trifecta. After that one, we heard Auto Melody with La Poussière from 2019. Very fresh new track. Anyway, as the current wave of retro bands that uh, want to emulate the 80s sound have shown, there are a ton of ways to go about making synth music in the revival of post-punk since 2010. Yeah, just get a laptop and a good digital audio workstation and some VST plugins and you're off for some great hits. But no, it's not that easy. You also need a good dose of talent, of course, or else it would not work. And great taste. And good taste, because you can emulate other stuff from the 80s, but you will uh, maybe suck, you're right. Automelody started out with an array of synthesizers in the late 90s, and also band members that would play guitars and other instruments. And after releasing some self-burned or recorded CDs, you remember that? Oh yes, yeah. yeah. Recordable CDs uh, in the late 90s, uh, two of the founding fathers, Arnaud and Xavier, started over in 2009. They started all over and they chose a different sound that can be described as a chilly but also fresh sounding take on synthpop. And the beats from La Poussière are from the Roland TR-808, I think. Classic. Uh, Yes, beats that get you off your seat. And uh, they're layered with warm and organic sounding synths and also a simple guitar riff that just is timed great after the vocals. You get that simple single guitar in that seems to be evaporating into the air, which I really love. And the French vocals, they function as an additional flowing and dreamy instrument maybe. Because for the English speakers that are listening to us, maybe you can't understand what they're singing, and neither do I. That maybe doesn't even matter because it tends to be sounding like another instrument. Well, actually, the themes in the song are very lyrical, poetical. It's a love story, um, but it is uh, written from a position of a guy uh, who is uh, taking a step back from the world and observing it in a a bit of a detached way. Mm -hmm. La poussière means uh, dust, or rather matter, so the matter that binds us. If you like poetic lyrics in the French romantic sense, it's interesting enough to look them up translate them and uh, read them while you listen to this great track because i really enjoyed it great edition and uh, i'm glad you did enjoy it even though they're danceable tracks or at the first glance seem like danceable tracks they paint a bit of a dystopian picture uh, of the world (laughs) we live in a romantic is definitely a word that comes to mind when listening to this track by the way i didn't take the time to look into the lyrics but you know me no, the first, the first line already is uh, Les fossiles de mirage, the fossils of uh, the Fata Morganas. If you're into that type of uh, imagery, go check it out. What did we listen to after Auto Melody? Ah, this is uh, a trick question. Obviously, you know that we've been listening to Night Call by Kavinsky. Yes. Because I know you're a huge Kavinsky fan yes, as well. Yes, yes, yes. It was just a, a conversation <laughs> starter. <laughs> the closing part of our trifecta was Night Call by Kavinsky. This is simply one of my all-time favorite synthwave retro tracks. 
it sounds so classic and that is logical since the entirety of the album was written and recorded on a Yamaha DX7, Ooh. which was famous and notable for the synth pop sound of the 1980s. Absolutely. Several artists have covered and remixed this song, some of them quite brilliantly. And um, I do invite you to also check out the Breakbot remix, which is on Spotify as well. So look for Nightcall and Breakbot and you'll find that one. Now Kavinsky is a character. It's a character made by Vincent Belorguet. And the character has a striking resemblance to Vincent himself. But the backstory is totally different. So here's the twist. Kavinsky's story is that after crashing his Testarossa in 1986, he reappears as a zombie 10 years later, in 2006, to make his own electronic music. Kavinsky's songs help to tell his story. Vincent claims in an interview that Nightcall is about the zombie guy who goes to his girlfriend's house 10 years after the crash and says to her, okay, I'm not the same, but we need to talk. Sadly, he finds she has moved on with her life and she's not interested in reconnecting. And this is the tragedy of the song that you hear where he's trying to reach her with a night call. That's mm. the story behind this track. And he has achieved greater mainstream recognition after this song, Nightcall was featured in video games, Grand Turismo 5 Prologue, as well as Grand Theft Auto 4. Uh-huh. And finally, it's also been used in the 2011 film Drive. Have you seen that movie, Gauf? Yes, <laughs> yes, of course. But I was just um, thinking about how this single track got 170 million listening sessions, while all the other work that he put out just got 10 million. I thought it was just the movie Drive with that soundtrack that was really popular, but also Grand Theft Auto, I missed that. And Gran Turismo 5 Prologue, so it's a huge hit yeah. on PC and, and all the platforms. Gran Turismo is the go-to game uh, on the PlayStation, right, for, for mm -hmm. racing. So yeah. if you get onto both of those tracks, basically, um, I think you're settled for life in terms of royalties <laughs> <laughs> and number of plays. Oh, 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 don't get me started, my wife had me sell my PlayStation 4 and also my Xbox 360 before that because of GTA 5. It was so addictive. And your record uh, collection, man. You've been selling a lot of stuff. Also, yeah, that was my own decision, but not, not really. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> hey, Jeroen, talking about that movie Drive, because they featured Kavinsky and also College and a lot of other French-based synth-pop acts. Let me tell you a little bit about this movie and also our listeners. It's a tip, the tip of this week, the big picture. The big picture. So this film is about a getaway driver that falls in love. That's my summary in one sentence. <laughs> like it? Yeah. One sentence only. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Getaway driver. <laughs> yeah, okay. So to provide some more color, uh, because the film deserves it, it watches like a Western movie from Sergio Leone. So it's quite slow. There's also a lot of eye for style and atmosphere. And with Drive, instead of horses and cowboys, we get fast muscle cars and ruthless gangsters. And the man we're talking about, our hero, is a man with no name, played by Ryan Gosling. Ryan is not an actor that is very known for having a dynamic range in facial expressions. I love Ryan Gosling. Don't touch Ryan Gosling. Okay. Ryan Gosling is a hero. Yes, he's a hero. <laughs> but uh, yeah, at the same time, he's not very dynamic he's just fit for certain roles that's what my opinion is but not everybody has to be jim carrey no that's true that's the opposite so anyway drive is a movie that fits ryan gosling perfectly he doesn't talk much he looks like a charismatic guy which he obviously is 
And uh, I know we're both fanboys because of Blade Runner 2049, probably. Yeah. And his calm demeanor can also break out into extreme violence at any moment in this movie when he wants to protect those he cares about. So there are very suspenseful car chases in the movie. But also this movie had a has a lot of plot holes in it. And like I mentioned, it's quite slow. But that doesn't matter because it's style over substance. And we've seen uh, examples that did really well with this formula. Like Mad Max Fury Road, like Blade Runner 2049. In, let's be honest, the story wasn't that great. But the acting and the atmosphere and the style was. Oh yes. So yeah, this yeah. Drive is a noir film of uh, just two years ago they released it, I believe. And this soundtrack, come on. You got Kavinsky, you got College, Electric Youth, but you also got the Chromatics that we briefly mentioned last week. They were on the Twin Peaks soundtrack as well. So definitely worth having a look at Drive. So Drive is a 2011 movie, right? Is it 2011 yes, already? Yes, it's 2011 Damn, that it was launched. Flying. Okay, yeah. I stand corrected. And Ryan Gosling is, uh, is, is great in that movie, uh, but it's nine years ago and I know that you still yeah, feel young. <laughs> Young but and wild at heart, but Jesus, <laughs> this is a bit time uh, flies. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also Ryan Gosling, if you want to see more of his facial expressions, uh, try looking at the big short. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big fan of the big, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Try awesome. looking at the Ides of March. Okay. And then look at La La Land and then come back and tell me he doesn't do facial yeah. expressions again. La La Land, is that the musical? Um, yeah, sort of. It's the uh, the, mm. the movie uh, by uh, where he plays uh, the role of Sebastian. Uh, it's also uh, an interesting uh, movie and uh, definitely a totally different take. I understand what you're saying about Ryan uh, being a sort of comparable character in Blade Runner 2049 and um, in, in this movie, Drive, but uh, there's uh, definitely a couple of other impressions of him uh, out there which are all uh, worth looking at. Uh, you know, I told you I'm mm -hmm. a big fan, so uh, don't touch my mate Ryan, man. <laughs> he's he's okay, awesome. But don't expect me to watch uh, La La Land because I've watched it for five minutes and I, uh, no, no musicals for me, bro. <laughs> but I'm a fan of Ryan as well. And uh, the, the movie that you just mentioned, about that whole real estate drop in 2008 was brilliant. The Big Short, yeah, yeah. Yeah, The Big Short. Awesome movie. Yeah, I'm not sure if you've seen uh, The Ides of March. I think it's around the same time, probably uh, 2010 or 2012, 11, somewhere. Okay. This is actually an adaptation of a play, which is also very worthwhile. And he uh, plays a very interesting role in that one as well. Basically, the, the lead character. May, may I then also suggest The Place Beyond the Pines? Have you seen that? Nope. Never seen it. Plays a stunt driver on a motorbike that falls in love. A lot of drama, a lot of great acting. 80, 80s vibe all over, by the way. Let us put a link to the trailer, maybe, in the okay. notes. And also to the Ides of March. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The fun thing is that uh, in, in the Ides of March, uh, Ryan Gosling is a campaign uh, contributor for a character mm -hmm. called Mike Morris, which is the governor of Pennsylvania. And he's actually being played by George Clooney. Talk about uh, two big yeah. cannons on the, of the big screen uh, in one movie. Very, uh, very fun movie to watch as well. Sounds good. I'm intrigued. Yep. You'll find all of that on our website, theinfected.nl. We'll include all the trailers. And we're sorry, not only do we give you great music to listen to and the stories behind it, we also give you homework in terms of movies that you will just have to watch this week. Yeah, you'll have to. Great stuff, man. And uh, I'm, I'm going to have to look up Drive. I, I managed to miss that one. So uh, definitely cool. going to be uh, seeing that uh, somewhere uh, the next week. Time flies. Yep. Everything moves. Time flies. And we are at the end of this show. Do you have a favorite that you would like to hear on the show? 
Use the contact form on the site at theinfected.nl to get in touch with us. Also, do you like black magic? Because we can help you out if you do. We actually have a real black magic mug in our store. Check it out on our website. You'll find it, the black magic mug. And if you use the discount code INFECTME, you won't even have to pay for the shipping. If you want more music, on theinfected.nl we offer custom Spotify playlists and a fine collection of all the songs played on the show. Also, the site has complete show transcripts. Great if you want to share the stories about the tracks or just read them again. Or maybe <laughs> couldn't deal with the way that we pronounce our English. <laughs> <laughs> the site also has unique interviews with more and more really interesting artists. Go check it out. It's theinfected.nl If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe via Spotify, Google, iTunes or whatever podcast platform you like. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. <laughs>